I'm ready to go, baby. Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and once again, I have my co-host, Judy Sedano, with me, and we have a guest, the sexy beast, Bull Dread, Michael Kalo. He's going to talk about his passion for wrestling and how he's followed his dream for 20 years. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about CarissaSpada.com. In what feels like a busy blur of life, Carissa understands how it feels to wake up and find that your daily actions do not align with your ultimate goals and desires. Carissa specializes in yoga and meditation with online classes available. Massage service is available in our West Hartford, Connecticut studio, where she keeps up with strict COVID safety procedures. Life coaching and fertility support available. Please check out carissaspada.com for more information. Hi guys, we're here with Mike Kalo, the sexy beast, bull dread, and whatever other nicknames he's going by these years. And Mike, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good on this nice snowy day. Like, you know, by the time, what was it, around like three o'clock, the sun was out. It was like, damn, where this, the storm didn't even happen. <laughs> yeah, but I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm feeling very grateful today. Even though it's cold, I, I feel pretty centered and focused. You're feeling hell of a lot better because you're getting to accompany the sexy one, baby. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. I'm so excited to have you. Yes, this is awesome. You know, I've known Jay for, well, I mean, since high school. So what? Uh, yeah, we're, 30, 30 we're going years. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 1990 was freshman year. Yeah. Look where we've become, man. You know, yeah. I mean, just like I said, I was the quiet one in high school. Now I rule the world. You know, what did you guys do the first time you hung out ever? We've never really hung out. I mean, we've always like acknowledged each other. I mean, other than I think it wasn't over what the last few years that we actually started to really get to know each other. Yeah, that's you know, what I was. Through. That's what I was telling her. We've we've known each other in high school, and and because of the format of being in a tech school, you tended to stay with your shop guys, and that's who you became the good friends with, and and moved out. And I was in drafting, and I'm kind of like an honorary electronics guy with I mean John Stoll and Josh and those group that uh, I've become friends with. Yeah. Uh, and then also with the athletes that I, I played with, could you, much as you're an athlete now, you didn't really do that in back in high school. Um, no, so we, I worked. Yeah. We always, yeah, we always I got along. It. I mean, we got along in high school. Yeah. Like you said, we connected. Uh, we both went to the same gym uh, for a while there. So we connected in the past four or five years and every now and then our workouts would line up and we'd spot each other or something yeah. like that. Um, but one thing I'm going to comment on is, in the intro, you said, well, now things are good for us because I mean, we're with the sexy beast and that positive attitude. Yeah. Uh, Shruti was actually commenting on your positive attitude from uh, from stalking your Instagram page and noticed. And that's one oh, thing. Oh, really? One question I have for yeah. you. Yeah. When did that overly positive attitude really come out? Because like you said, you were quiet back in high school, but now you're very outspoken on having a positive attitude. When did that come about? Um. Yeah, well, I, I get goosebumps always kind of thinking about, you know, this, the journey that I've had. And, um, you know, in order to be, define who you are, you, you have to become broken. Like, you know, something has to break you, you know, inside. And you have to kind of learn who you are by rebuilding your life. And um, I think the camel that, the camel that broke the straw, I mean, what probably broke me was... Um, 
uh, like, I think when I, when I found out I had type two diabetes, it's, um, that's kind of like what started my journey, you know, and, and what I mean, the journey that I was on was the health uh, journey and everything else was there. It just, um, you know, I used to see the signs. I didn't know what they meant, but it wasn't until like over the last couple of years, I looked back and I'm like, wow, everything was already there. I just didn't pay attention. I didn't know why they were there. Now I know, but it started when I started, you know, I had to take care of my health and, um, you know, and it just it kind of evolved from there, you know, starting to work out, taking care of my health. And little by little, it's like you sure you guys I'm sure you guys know when you're on a journey, especially if you're losing weight or, you know, anything good that's going on in your life. Uh, people comment you, you know, they give you a compliment and you're always the last one to see it because you don't believe them. But until that day comes when you finally see that change. Um, okay, I was getting a phone call. Um, when I was, you know, when these, you're always the last person you see to change in yourself. So when that day came, it's like, I made a choice of being positive of like kind of talking about my journey. So, um, and the more I was putting it out there, the more of a positive response I was getting more of a following and the more people I was affecting. And it's like a drug, you know, it's like the more, the more you get, the more you want. So uh, a lot of people just inspired me to keep going. But it all comes down to choices, and you, that's the only thing you control in life are the choices you make. So I chose to be positive and, and be myself, and little by little, I just became who I always wanted to be. Was fitness always something you were passionate about, like from, from no. growing up? No. 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 I mean, I used to joke, I used to be a member of the gym before, and it wasn't, like I said, until I had that um, life experience, you know, about, you know, type two diabetes and it's what started the ball rolling and, you know, started trimming down, started losing weight. I started training more. I started getting in the ring more and it just, it's a snowball because you yeah. fall in love. You fall in love with it. It's a high, you know, it's a natural so, high. So how did wrestling come into the picture? Cause I'm really interested to hear that. Like, I know that that's what, you, I see it on your social media. I see that you're really passionate about it. What, how did that come into the mix? You mean, uh, you mean like going after my dream? Yeah. Or how it played into like my character? Well, how, like who I am. well, both. Like how, like when, when okay. did you discover that you had a passion for that? And then the story from there. All right, bring yourself back to your like 10 years old. What was your dream? I always wanted to be an actor and creative person, be in the entertainment industry. Same. I wanted to be a wrestler. You know, yeah. Oh, so you wanted to be a wrestler from like when you were 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, obviously okay. it's, you know, I blame my father and Ric Flair and I was able to tell Ric Flair that, but, uh, you know, I used to watch wrestling with my dad and, you know, it was just the same thing. Like I was very active, you know, sports wise, but wrestling was always there. But like, you know, growing up, once when, when you get, you know, start doing other sports. Oh, I want to be a basketball player. But it wasn't until I was later on in my life, maybe like 23, 24. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But they had no wrestling schools at Waterbury at the time. So um, until they opened up the school in Waterbury and uh, I stepped, first time I stepped foot in the ring was January 2nd, 2001. Wow. And, uh, you know, and I called Jason. He was my trainer. I said, I want to learn how to be a wrestler. And that was the start of my journey. That's you know, awesome that you knew that too, you know, when you're a kid and you're dreaming. And I think that a part of 
ourselves already knows kind of like our higher self and it seems like you were very connected with the higher self of you like at 10 years old you're like I want to be a wrestler and then you grew up and that's what you went into yeah I mean I mean uh, I try to tend to always bring myself I always try to um, reflect a lot from my past kind of like or look where I was or what was I thinking then and that comes with evolving especially like if you uh, meet somebody and you know, I've become very empathetic. Like I, I never knew what that meant until uh, I found who my, who, you know, said I discovered who I am and I truly believe I'm connected to a higher power in many ways. So um, like I said, I became very empathetic. And like when you're meeting somebody and they're telling you your life story, I immediately feel their emotions. But, um, but the same thing, like we're wrestling. Yeah. It's a character. It's the character that I'm playing, but like I told them last night, I'm like, the greatest characters in wrestling are people that are truly become themselves. And um, I was playing a character and it was an extension of myself, even though it wasn't me. But once I went through the, the drastic change, health, positivity, I started becoming the sexy beast. I was like, how am I going to go about this character? You know, and they wanted me to be like an Italian playboy, you know, like a Hugh Hefner. And I'm like, I'm like I don't know how am I going to do this? I felt very uncomfortable. But I slowly just kind of morphed into who I am. Like I started becoming myself and my everyday life, I, I threw that into the character. And, but now that I'm back to where I was, it's like evolved into um, truly who I am. I kind of look at it as like this, you got Mike, Bulldread and the Sexy Beast all in one person. It's all extensions of who I am on the inside. And uh, yeah, people get scared, you know, whatever they see the image, but it's like, I, when I talk about being a beast, people always refer as a beast as being size or some mean jabroni, somebody that's going to beat your ass. To me, a beast, it's, it's, it's all about passion and uh, passion and love for what you do. And, you know, you, 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 beast, you, you just become a beast at it because you're so passionate about what you want to get done. You just go after it. And uh, it's just the work ethic. And, and I'm sure you guys... Um, probably will understand this is, you know, is that my parents came from Italy. I mean, and my parents, you know, still, you know, they're still here. Um, they live two streets over. They're, it's those ethics of they came to this country that have taught me, you know, hard work and, you know, established that foundation of, uh, you know, the more you work, the more you earn, the harder you got to work. And I brought those ethics to wrestling, you know, and I believe that's a lot of the ethics that are missing in today's society. Now, going oh, back. Going back to the beginning, uh, I'm guessing you had some people that are very supportive with wrestling and then other people, because it's wrestling yeah. was, oh, you're nuts, you're crazy. You're, so you had, you probably had both, the, the supporters, right. people that thought you were a fool for trying to go into this. How did you balance that? And how did you use both the motivation of the people that were supporting you and then also use, oh, you think I'm a fool? Watch this, I'm going to do it. And so how did you balance hearing positive and support in one ear and the you're crazy in the other ear? Um, I'm trying to think back. I mean, um, my cousin Angelo, he was the one that recently passed. Um, I asked him, you know, to borrow $3,000 so I could go to wrestling school. And he told me, he goes, do what you want. You know, I'll give you the money. Follow, you know, you got to do what you want. Don't listen to anybody else. But you know, I guess it was, it was hard to balance because, um, you know, you naturally when somebody tells you, you can't do something, you're going to do it. So I guess, you know, you use that as motivation and even when people are support you, you're going to do it anyway, you know? Uh, 
it, it, it was hard. I mean, especially loved ones, you know, especially if um, like my own sister, who years later, I was going through the toughest time of my career. And, uh, you know, I was physically, I was over 330 pounds. I was, I, I was in pain, my knees. And I'm like, really contemplating. I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, when you're, okay, let me use this example. If you're about standing on a bridge, you're about to jump. You know, if somebody loves you, what you what do you think they should say to you? Don't do it. Okay. So when you have loved ones, especially somebody that you're married to, say to you, you know, won't you just quit? It's kind of telling you, like, just jump off the bridge. You know, um, I use a lot of analogies to try to explain a lot of common things. And it's like, you'd be surprised that sometimes the most evil people are the ones that you're supposed to be your family or, you know, unsupported. And so, you know, when people, especially when they compare, it's like, you know, you have a complaint instead of somebody like being like, dude, you know, you can do it. Look how far you come, you know, try to inspire you to keep going. People tell you to stop, you know, but um, I just, I always had that belief of, uh, you know, to keep doing what you love. Um, no matter, you know, if it's going to take you somewhere or not, or to, you know, to a higher place, you know, I mean, as you see, I mean, I'm not no superstar or made millions of dollars, but people look at me as a superstar and especially little kids, yeah, it's, it's, I, to me, success is doing what you love. It's not, yeah. I, it shouldn't be defined by money. I mean, it's at the end. Yeah. You want to make money, but right. I feel, I feel like I got superstar status. Exactly. It's all about the feeling of it. And I was having this, you know, I never looked at it this way before, but I have a mentor. His name is John Cresci. And he, he asked us like in the beginning, like about our goals. And he's like, why do you want that goal? And then you think about it, you're like, oh, well, I want this or that. He's like, no, but why else? Like why else? And basically what he was getting to was, let's say somebody's like, oh, I want to be like a multimillionaire. Do you really want the money or is it the freedom that you want? Do you really want the success or is it that you want to be fulfilled and happy? Like, what's the feeling behind it? Because like, yeah, you can get the status, the money, the fame, but what you're really looking for is something deeper than that. Well, this is what I've learned over the last few years. And I mean, as you can see, I'm a, you know, I don't know, if, I don't think we're friends on Facebook, but I write, I'm a, you know, it's something that I've done since high school. I mean, it's, since, um, you know, kind of brought it out of me, like once I had my, um, I went through a tough time in my life, like nine years ago, first time in my life, I was heartbroken. But anyway, uh, I used writing as a, as a method to uh, rebuild myself. And, and as you become a, in, in more in tune with your higher self, you know, I start, I started evolving and seeing life differently. And, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this, but like, look at it this way. And I think that's, it's a good concept for the, for the podcast, you know, the, you know, the power shift and stuff, you know, the power is in our mind. It's how we control our lives and what we do with our daily lives and how we think and stuff like this and what we believe in, you know, everything has become normalized. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we go to school for what, why do you go to school to get an education? Why? Because you want to get a good, you know, get a diploma, whatever, and you want to get, make a good, good, you know, living, you want to have a good job, and, you know, you know, we want to live, we go to work every day. To me, that's normal. You know, I look at it like this. What else are you doing with your life? You know, like, what else are you doing outside of the norm? You know, 
what else do you do besides just go to work every day and you know pay your bills and take care of your family? That's good. That's great. It's a re- great responsibility. Don't get me wrong. But what else do you do with your life? It's like I, I look at it like I think I use I try to use the platform of social media to kind of get my word out there of like my journey, a positive thought, you know, because you never know who's going to see it. So it's like I see a sign. Like I said, I see the signs every day of and all the connections that I have in my life. No matter if it's something I find numerology, because I, I believe in angelic numbers. Uh, yes. What, it's whatever you do outside of your normal life. Like, what else do you? What else is, do you bring to life besides going to work and taking care of your kids and making money? You know, it's like what kind of an impact do you leave on people's lives? And um, I get that. You know, I get it daily, probably, you know, not every day, but I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm constantly reminded of people that I affect just by being myself. And that's the one thing. It's, I never changed who I am, no matter how much pain I've been through or anything we've, you know, I've been through in life. It's, you know, you never know who you meet on any given day. It's like kindness doesn't cost anything. And, you know, you both both touched on it. You both kind of touched on it, chasing more of a passion than the fame and fortune aspect of it. And I'm sure you made a, a couple bucks wrestling, whether it be from an appearance or I mean, some type oh, of yeah. sponsorship or, or something like that. And I kind of got the same thing. I and mean, you know that I went back to, to our high school, Decaner, and I coached there for 15 years. And I spent 20 right. years on, on those fields with, with Coach B, soccer field, baseball field. And people say, oh, you're crazy. You'd make more money doing overtime instead of doing that. You're, you're not me. Yeah, I made a couple bucks doing that, but the passion and the love I got from my athletes and the sports and those connections, similar to like you said, you put your message out on social media, Instagram and Facebook and those connections that you make when you just get that simple DM or, or a comment on your post that just says, hey, I really like what you said or that that hit me, that one touched me. That's worth more than a buck any day. Oh, right. Yeah, because... I don't post a quote or a meme just for the hell of it. I'll post it because, A, unless I relate to it, sometimes I'll take a quote and I'll reinterpret it into my own words. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if it directly relates to me, I'll post it or I'll add a little caption to it, whatever. But, you know, I I still see a a family therapist and I've been seeing her, it's going to be 10 years. And um, I don't need it anymore, but it's nice to talk to her because now my story and my writings helps her and her clients and they some people ask you know what did I send her this week because anything I write I'll send her through text and so I feel like you know little impacts make a huge impact at the end of the day I mean you don't ever know who who you affect I mean like come on you're telling me like a 15 year old kid that you know that you coached it's you know who needed that one person just to believe in him that's all they needed you know he could be playing you know for u.s soccer team and in 15 years and if it's all because of you how does that make you feel right you know it makes you feel you know you've done something made a difference in somebody's life and the more it happens like i said more of it like becomes like a drug it's the more you want to do it and and people have accused me of being insecure because I'm always looking for attention. I look at it as positive reinforcement, you know, because um, words, you know, words that are said can never be unheard. So why not give people a positive message? Because that's what they need. 
you know i mean that's why i'm very sensitive to people that look you know talk crap to people and you know get abused verbally abused especially in relationships and especially kids because if you hear something for so long you tend to believe it so i you look at it the other way it's like if you tell somebody to keep believing in themselves look what i did they'll start doing the same thing you know all it takes is just to be a kind person I'm just yeah. going gonna, gonna to kind of do a quick shameless plug on what you just said. You mentioned that you're still going to a, a therapist and you kind of commented on how I don't really need it, but it feels good to still talk to her. Our, our previous yeah. our previous episode was on your circle, the support group that you have around you and yeah. being able to ask for help. A lot of people think that asking for help is a sign of weakness where I personally feel that when you can admit to yourself and ask for help, that's a show of, of strength. So here, your circle includes that therapist, and indirectly, you are part of these other people's circle that are asking this same therapist, hey, what did he send you for motivation or quotes and this and that? So you're involved yeah. indirectly in other people's circle and that support group, and that's, that's a big thing when, when you can come back and, and show that you helped someone, whether it be directly or indirectly, and that's, well, that's huge. Just like with therapy and something, you know, say wrestling, you know, when I go back to the school and, you know, if I like to, you know, help out the younger guys, it's about giving back. And um, you guys, um, you know who Joe Rogan is. I'm sure you guys know who Joe yeah. Rogan is, right? Do you ever watch any of his podcasts? I, I've listened to um, a couple. His podcasts are like three hours long. So unless yeah. they're <laughs> unless they're a topic you're very passionate for or the guest is someone you really enjoy yeah i mean you like i said most people listen to their podcast probably in the car and if you want to have a 20 minute ride it's going to take you a week and a half to listen to his yeah show. i can't listen i can't listen to a podcast unless i unless it's something i can watch especially mm-hmm. when i'm doing cardio anyway he had david lee roth on one of his episodes and i don't watch full podcasts i'll watch little clips on youtube i came across this one clip and it said uh david lee roth said he likes the preparation more than the actual dance so he likes it's like the three or four seven you know month few months of preparation to get ready to be on you know for a concert he enjoyed that more than the actual concert i look at it there's something you know to use uh, and i refer to wrestling um i've enjoyed the practice more than the actual 10 minutes of showtime um the preparation and stuff like that because that's a lot of where the magic happens and i'm sure you as a coach would probably agree you'll see the best out of athletes when they're training than the actual game you know i mean it's that preparation where the best comes out you know that's the journey like of it the journey yeah yeah, yeah especially when you have a a short-lived event i mean you take a soccer players training and we'd go out under the field we'd have a a three hour, three and a half hour training session. And then the match lasts 80 minutes in high school or 90 minutes for a full match. And think of an Olympic sprinter. And he puts all this training in. And if he's good, his event lasts nine and a half seconds. All that training for four years and your total event lasts nine and a half seconds and that's it. So if you're, if your goal is, if all you're looking for is that event and you don't put your heart into that training, I mean, and like you said, that's where the magic happens. That's where you connect with your teammates on a more personal level than just the game being played, or that's where you connect with your coaches and your trainer. And again, that support circle around you, a lot of those connections Um, are in that training session. Once you're out on that, like you said, once you're in the mat, it's you and you and the one other guy. 
that your your circle isn't necessarily yeah, it's, there. Uh, yeah, as soon as my music hits, you know, I'm behind the curtain. This might be TMI, but I think it's funny. You know, my music's hitting. I'm behind the curtain. You know, I'm you know going back and forth. I'm like, I'm getting nervous. I'm like, oh my god, here we go, here we go, here we go. Then I gotta go pee. That's you know, you get that sensation of pee. You have to go to the bathroom. But as soon as I walk through that curtain, like that instant, I become bull dread. You know. Um, you know, a lot of the things I've been telling, especially my daughter, I, you know, now she's, uh, you know, obviously our kids are, uh, you know, in high school and stuff. Wait, wait um, he's in, he's, Brian's in the, he's a senior, right? No, he's a sophomore. So, see, why am I thinking he's a senior? I'm thinking of somebody else. But anyway, you know, especially through my weight loss journey and the evolution and, you know, I tell, especially my daughter and people, you know, friends, fans, and they're struggling with stuff. They have a goal, whatever. I was like, I tell them, concentrate on the goal. Because don't concentrate on the work because you're, that's where the mental uh, problems happen. Concentrate on the goal, not the work, because once you get to that goal, you look back at the work is the easiest part. You know, it's the part of the mental. Big picture. Yeah, you know, it's everything's, everything is mental. And I, you know, I'm sure we all have our off days, but you know, I refuse to go more than a day. You know, if I'm down one day or in a mood, um, I, I refuse to go one more than one day. So, you know, I'll get home, rest up next morning. I'm up, ready to go take on my problem. You know, I think it becomes a thing of a past. I think also like when you know your why, so to speak, like your why it becomes a lot, the other things become a lot easier. Like what's the next step or like, how do I achieve that goal? Okay. What's the next step I need to take? Okay. Who do I need to reach out to? Because once your why is congruent with your vision, then the like work, like you said, you'll you won't mind doing it. You'll be like excited to do it. I think sometimes people feel disconnected or don't want to do the work when they aren't aligned with their why. Well, I understand what you're saying because I know why. You know, like and I'll yeah. ask, I'll I'll ask a hundred people, hey, you know, what's your purpose in life? And they'll give me a hundred different answers, you know, and um, I look at it like this. I think a lot of the answers I've gotten in the past was, you know, my kids, you know, my kids are my purpose. I'm like, you know, I guess we could agree to disagree on that because like I'm a father, you know, but the kids didn't ask to be born. I look at being a parent as being a responsibility, not a purpose. Um, Because like once your kids are 18 years old and they move out, what are you left with? Right. No, I meant like, like a why meaning like internal purpose, like a, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like your your purpose in life, yeah. you know, and that's what you're saying. And it's what you do for yourself. What is, you know, you got to find your meaning of why you're on this earth and what drives you. And I know that because people have given me that reason, you know, and I don't know. I become very- You seem very like congruent and connected with your purpose and why and your passion. So let me ask you, like, what do you find your purpose to be- in this life like what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind that i'm a kind person that i uh very genuine because i feel real and genuine people are rare in this world now um you know somebody that's not um like ruined by society and you know anything uh uh, or like, what's the word uh, I'm looking for? Like, and it's something that's like ruined. Like, like say for instance, I'm not I'm not about politics. I don't let I'm at peace in life. Put it that way. 
I don't let, you know, truly to be in peace in life, nothing that revolves around you affects you. Right. You choose um, what you bring into your environment and what you watch. Like, and by environment, that's also what I mean. Like the news, what contents are you watching? Not just like who is in your environment, because that's just as important, but like also what you're putting in your mind is like, if you're watching the news or you're watching negative shows or listening to negative this, or even on Instagram, then that's going to be installed in your mindset. And then that is going to influence you. Yeah. Um, but I don't let that. You know? No, no, I know. I'm saying. No, no, I know. I know what you're saying. The people uh, that do. And I think um, you have a level of high awareness, whereas some people, they don't want to ask themselves certain questions because they're afraid to find out the truth or what they need to work on in themselves because that can be a scary place. Like people think healing is like, oh, self-care and like go getting a massage, but it's not. It's like a spiral. Like, you know, you're really. Yes, self-healing and, you know, peace is also being able to, you know, somebody criticizing you and telling you something that you can't already admit for yourself. Like you could admit your faults, no problem. So you can't be hurt, you know? I mean, yeah, every once in a while, I'm sure we'll get discouraged. You know, somebody says something to you or whatever makes you think you're like, okay, right. but you rethink, like, what did I do wrong? How could I have done something different? Cause it's happened to me. I'm sure, you know, um, you know, you both like somebody has said something to you and it kind of like take the energy right out of you, you know, like there's something you. wrong. It triggers your energy and you're like, damn, you're down. And you have to regroup and you kind of say to like, no, what I did was right. This is what I believe in. And, you know, you're wrong, you know, and some people don't want to admit they're, they're wrong. You know, I mean, that's when they become defensive. I'll admit I was like that, but if you're able to, yeah, if you're able to truly admit your faults and become at peace with your mistakes and learn from them and it's built you to who you are, that's peace, you know, that's, um, you got to have that solid foundation of, um, you know, that, that solid foundation of honesty. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> you said it really, you said it great. My mind rambles. My mind doesn't stop. It's no, but it's very, you're very congruent and connected with what you're saying. And I can feel that. It took me a long time to get to where I am, especially who I am, you know, no matter, um, you know, very important is you never change who you are. That's it. Like your essence, like your spirit, your soul, like never really changes. You can change the other things, but like who you are, like as a soul, as a spirit, that's your blueprint, right? Your essence. I have like an amp that's plugged into my thigh. You what? Like I'm just amplified. I have an amp plugged into me. Like I'm just amplified. Yeah. <laughs> I say you mentioned mistakes and everyone makes mistakes. Unfortunately, some people get judged based on that one mistake yeah. you can be you can be great at everything you make one mistake and don't get me wrong there are very large mistakes that i mean could i mean tarnish a career or a person or whatever but sometimes something a little smaller you get judged on that and when you let those other people influence you saying geez i made this one one mistake this one little hiccup am i not that good of a person or this and that but when you know in your mind you know what we all make a mistake that doesn't represent who I am. That one split second doesn't represent who I am because then if you take a bad person who did that one split second of good, how come that doesn't change who they are? So you, you gotta know in your heart that, you know what? 
we all have hiccups. It's going to happen. No one's perfect. And when you know for yourself who you are, and I mean, we've all lost connections because of that yeah. one mistake we might have made where someone judges you on that flashbulb moment. And then, you know what? Okay. If you need to leave because of that, um, my, my, I mean, conscience, I mean, I know who I am. I'm a good person. Yes. I made right. a mistake and I'll move on. And when you have the strength to know that for yourself and not beat yourself up, that's, that's a big improvement in yourself. Yeah. That's the mindset. I mean, uh, as long as you're, you know, the bottom line is that you're able to admit it and talk about it and be honest about it. That's, that's, that's the power that somebody can't take away from you. Because if you're truly, for instance, in dating, if you're upfront and be like, okay, this is what's happened. You truly tell them, you know, what, what's happening in your life. And you're honest about it from the very beginning. As long as you're honest from the very beginning, nobody could ever take that away from you and tell you that you didn't tell them or you lied to them. Mm -hmm. So you're better off. You are better just being honest. You know, as long as you're honest with yourself, that's the power right there. It is, because then it's, it is so much easier to then be honest with others when you have that relationship with yourself and you're honest with yourself that you can't help but be honest to other people because you're already there with yourself. Well, it's the same thing like, um, for instance, uh, I told you, like, you know, I, I see angelic numbers. The biggest number I see is 333. I've been seeing that for, I mean, like 15 years. And I never knew why. I couldn't, couldn't understand why until I read up on it. And, uh, and it was funny how it happened because everything happens. And, you know, it, it happens for a reason. And, like, it was in that, during that journey where I found who I am, you know, and I finally said true happiness is being one with your heart, mind, and soul. And maybe about a month later, I have read up on what 333 meant. And I call it the Trinity. And it, that's what it said. It's like, you know, being one with your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And I was like, wow. You know, weird how, like, you find a calling like that, you know. But sometimes having a big heart, you know, is good to have a big heart. But sometimes it can hurt you, you know. So sometimes Why you not? have to learn how to, you know, sometimes you have to learn that, um, for instance, like, I went to ShopRite couple weeks ago and I found two ten dollar bills just on the ground you know and um for a second I felt bad but you know but I immediately put it in my pocket but I taught my son I told my son I was like listen look what I found I was like and sometimes in order for you to find something somebody's have has had to lose it um it could have been somebody's last twenty dollar bill it could have been some drug dealer's last twenty dollar bill I don't know but I found it for a reason so I kept it, you know, to me, it was a sign because um, I've been struggling money wise, you know, with, you know, I'm sure everybody has with COVID and everything, they've cut overtime at work and I've been struggling money wise. So and I keep saying to myself every day, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I have faith in God. That's, you know, I have faith that it's going to happen, you know, get better. And here's a sign. I found 10, two $20 bills. You know, the next day I found a dime and three pennies. It's a constant thing. So it's about, paying attention to the signs you know the signs are there oh yeah like your higher self is those guiding you especially when you're on that level and you're connected to yourself things like that will happen and i'm sure you've done something in your past where you contributed good karma without oh, yeah. like expecting anything back where you're just like i just want to do this i have gratitude i want to 
give, whether it's, you know, donating a dollar, buying someone a cup of coffee, like in line behind you for a stranger, donating something, whatever it is, you obviously must have been reaping the words from your good karma. Finding that $20. I call it, yeah, the good awesome, I call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about being a kind person, you know? I mean, yeah. You know, as recently I went to a wrestling show, visit some of my friends, somebody dropped a ton of $20 bill. You know, your first instinct is, do you want to grab it? You know, so I grabbed it and I said to my friend, I was like, did you drop something? He goes, let me check my pockets. And he goes, yeah, $20. So I gave it to him. I went out to my car with my son. I looked down, which I, it was fall time, it was September. What I thought was a leaf was a $5 bill by my tire. So it's like, moral of the story is, you know, you you have a, you know, like you said, you give back good karma, you get repaid. Absolutely. So true. It is. It really is. When you're in a place of gratitude too, I feel like that attracts so much abundance in your life, not just financially, but that inner peace that you talked about when you live in that constant state of gratitude, even when shit hits the fan, you're like, I'm grateful for breathing today. You know, even yeah. though you're having a difficult time and you're like, what should I be grateful for? It's like, nope, I'm grateful to be alive today. I'm grateful to have these eyes where I can like see. I'm grateful to just breathe in this moment. You know, but, you know, like I said, you know, it has to do with everything and just life. Anybody you come across like, hey, hey, we first time we met right now. I hope by the end of the night, something I said st- sticks with you. There's so much that already is sticking with me. I'm like, oh, I really feel this. I feel his heart. I yeah. feel his spirit. I feel his soul. I mean, Jay, Jay and I have talked about, you know, stuff, especially with workout. I've seen the progress he's done with his wife. I mean, you know, I, I truly believe that, like, how old are you? Like, what, 25? No, older. <laughs> no, serious. 32. Okay, take it as a compliment then. Thank right? you. All right, I, I wasn't going to say. No, no, I like that. 40. 25, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> Listen, I'm 45. Jay, you're what, 44? Or we're 40, same age, 45, right? yeah. You guys look younger than your age. Well, that's what that's it's that's awesome because I'm sexier now in my at, in my forties than I was in my thirties and twenties. Yeah, you know what? I don't know why people see age as such a bad thing. It's, it's it's like something to be celebrated. You're like, oh my god, I've been here for forty five years on Earth. That's a blessing. Yeah, I mean, Jay, a blessing. Jay, how many times have you said to you to yourself, "Man, I wish I fell in love," you know, with what I'm doing now twenty years ago. You were probably doing yeah. it more than I was, but it, it as far as health wise, overall health. I mean mind, body, yeah. I mean I, I wish I stayed more consistent with it. Like I'm in better shape right. now than I was playing sports in high school. I mean, I, I was I was a buck seventy-five and I ran a five twenty-five mile on the track team, which I can't do that now. But overall physical strength, physical health, and then more so mental and emotional health. It's stronger now than it was. So you had the years of training in high school. I mean, four years of soccer, two years of baseball, two years of track. I was constantly in shape physically, um, but I'm stronger now. I mean, the the, the mind body connection is, is stronger now. But there, there was that gap in between. And you mentioned the, the diabetes. I mean, part of my journey is I and mean, the health history of my family. And my father's had four yeah. heart attacks, three on paper. He thinks there's a fourth one in there that's not documented. My mother's had a heart attack, uncle on my father's side, cousin on my mother's side. My mother had a kidney transplant. So, I mean, I can go on, but the podcast is only about 45 minutes long. But all that stuff, it made me say, you know what? I got to do this. And I've yo-yoed 
And when we first moved into this house, Maria was still working in Danbury and I joined Planet Fitness and I went and got on the elliptical 45 minutes, got home, dropped the weight, stopped doing that. Kids got a little older, put it back on, dropped it. I mean, I fluctuated 20, 25 pounds. And now it's, now that I know what I need to do, I, I push the physical stuff and kind of like you looking, you can look in the mirror now and look at you as a whole, not just the physical aspect, but you can see inside yourself and be much more confident with who you are. And you said it, you're behind yeah. the curtain, your music came on, you were nervous, you didn't know, but now there's a confidence in who you are physically, there's a confidence in who you are mentally and emotionally. And that probably kicked in for me, same thing, about four or five years ago, I started pushing it and I've never been that cocky person that can look in the mirror and say, oh yes, I'm this or I'm that or whatever, but I can look in the mirror now and be confident with who I am. And it, it's definitely a mindset. Um, yeah, everything, and everything is a mindset and, and look like, and it's funny, like, you know, I just truly said that, uh, I think that, <laughs> I think us eighties kids are the last greatest generation, you know? <laughs> and I mean, and I, no knock to a lot of people and a lot of the newer generation, anybody that's say, you know, between the age of 20 to 30, because I think they've had, you know, social media and internet and, you know, you know, for the half majority of their life. But, um, you know, it kind of like your parents came from Portugal, right? My grandparents did. My, my mother was born in Fall River, Mass, two years after my grandparents came from Portugal. Um, okay. She has an older, an older sister and an older brother were born in, in, in Portugal. Uh, my great grandmother right. on my father's side came from Hungary by boat. So, I mean, I can track how far before my, my right. ancestors came from so, the other side of so the you're, So you're second generation born yes. here. Yes. Okay. So I have, like, I'm not knocking that or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is those ethics are still with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those ethics of, um, just put it this way. When, last time I was in Italy, I was in, it was 93. I was 18. They were just starting to learn the English language in school, you know? So if you could track back and think back, imagine your parents, your grandparents were in um, Portugal, right? You said, or they never yeah. came here. No, they, they did come here. My mother was born here two years after they came here. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, okay. And so my, my, and my grand, my grandparents, my family's from the Azores. So it's like being Sicilian yeah, where okay. they were from the Island. So not even the continent where the, even though technology back then wasn't there, they probably had even less of civilization on the Island than they did. Oh yeah. The mainland. So the point I'm trying to make is imagine you right now in the United States, not knowing the, a word of English, my wife, How she moved here. Life would have been. Maria moved here when she was 16, not knowing English, yeah. not, not knowing it fluently. Yeah. So what I, you know, what I'm saying is like those, just imagine how life was then, you know, and how hard it was safe, you know, say like for my parents, and that's more of an appreciation that I have. I feel I carry that a little bit more than my brother and my sister, because I'm the oldest, but, um, it, it just those ethics are, is is a dying breed. I feel you know any any people that came from like the Europeans that came over between all that time up until the nineties. I think uh, those ethics are gone. You know, and I'm talking about the old school ethics of kind of 
having nothing, making something out of nothing. That's basically what I'm trying to say, you know, because right now you got people from the third world country already knowing the English language. They could come over and find the job easy. You know, that's imagine doing that in the seventies. Nah, you couldn't do that. So it's about not forgetting where you come from. That's the bottom line. Don't forget where you come from. And anything. Definitely. I, I agree with that. And, and, and who helped you get there? Um, I mean, we, we did a, an episode on gratitude and I mean, coach B is one that I'll always mention as my mentor getting into the coaching. I mean, I played, I remember him. coach B. Yeah. And, I remember uh, when I, I used to get bullied. Yeah. And, uh, and I got a couple of questions that came in on Instagram, uh, Knox and notes asked, I mean, any serious injuries or setbacks? I mean, you mentioned the diabetes, but I mean, within the wrestling, any, any major setbacks from an injury or something else that you had to fight to get back into, into the ring or back into the mindset of doing what you're doing? Other than, you know, some minor, you know, bumps, bruises, uh, my tailbone is, um, probably the tenderest of my body, especially like my lower back, taking a lot of ass bumps. And if you were to look it up on YouTube, uh, I can't even really do it anymore, but uh, it's more of my lower back. I mean, obviously from being over 300 pounds, my knees, but never like a broken leg or an ankle or neck, nothing like that. Thank God. Um, I was never that type of high flyer or a crazy dude, but um I mean, my knee has given out one time, and I think it, I actually wrestled the day that we had that reunion. Remember the one we did yep. at Bozzi's? Yep. I actually wrestled. Yeah, I wrestled a show that day, and my knee, kind, my left knee, kind of gave out on me or hyperextended it. But um, other than that, like nothing serious. And um, like you said, you weren't the high flyer because you were the bigger guy. You had the high flyers jumping onto you. Oh yeah. So, so that's yeah, where that's where going- they landed on you, and then that's when you landed on your rump and took all the hits. Yeah, I used to, uh, it's, it's weird being the smaller guy now. I, I'm not used to being thrown around. And then uh, I have yeah, a, nothing or, Oreo Clown asked, have you ever met someone from WWE and who are your influences with that? Oh man, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I, you, do we, do we have more than 45 minutes of the <laughs> legend that I've worked with? Well, who, who would have been I mean, the, 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 the top two or three that you got to meet that all right. I'm gonna, okay. Rick Flair. You know, I've done a few shows with him. You know, I've interacted with him. I met Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, uh, the Hardy Boys, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. I mean, the list could go on. I tagged with Kevin Nash. It's on YouTube. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I tagged with. He's on YouTube. Jim the Anvil Neidhart, you know, Red Wrestling Soul. Balls Mahoney. Uh, I mean, what else can I go? Oh, go, go, going back to being 80s kids, I mean, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan were the big names back when the WWE was the WWF, when when right. we grew up with it. Um, so that's one connection you have in, in your sport that I have in mind with the archery. And it's one of the only yeah. sports where we're with the best in the world. And we went to nationals last year and Brian actually trained with, well, he warmed up. He was on the practice range with Katuna Lorig, who was a five-time Olympian. He just says, I'm going to go practice with Katuna, jumped on her target, and he was shooting with her. I mean, he got to shoot and with and one of the guys on, on the Paralympic team. That, I mean, he's on our national team. And I shot against Crispin Duenas, the Canada's top Olympian. So same thing, like you said, you got to tag with some of these WWE guys. You met some of these big names. I mean, that's a, a big thing to be able to, to work alongside and, and meet some of the best in, in the game that you've ever yeah. looked up to. Well, like I said, like I I didn't make it 
you know, my, everybody's goal is to make it to the top, no matter whatever sport, whatever you want to do. Like my goal is to make it to WWF at some point. It came to a point where I had to make a decision and I'm like, okay, this is the furthest I'm going to go. And I always kind of chose my priorities over, you know, everything else. And I decided to, you know, at the time I was a husband, I was married, but uh, I didn't want to be an absent father. And, uh, you know, every night I, you know, I did, you know, I did shows on the weekends, you know, it did take over my life at some point. And I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that, but because um, you're so involved and invested, but I always came home and took care of my family. And you know what? I regret nothing because I have the relationship I have with my kids and because of that. And some people become so lost in the, say the success or the journey and what they want to do. They, you know, they always keep putting themselves first. I put my family first. So now I get to live but the best of both worlds. And, um, you know what I mean? Like I said, I, I became like a public figure and I, and I, I hold that very serious. I take very serious about that, you know, I mean, because people look up to you. I mean, the biggest inspiration should be your parents. You know, I don't think, you know, I'm not saying that a kid can't look up to an athlete or anything like that, but I feel I, this was a dream I followed and I, you know, and I accomplished it. And that's what I try to, teach my kids i try to instill that in fans anybody because you know like i said i didn't become a superstar but you know what the people made me a superstar and uh, i i take it very serious i take it to heart and i tell my little one i tell mikey i go just because i'm a wrestler doesn't mean you need to be a wrestler i was like i want you to follow your dreams no matter what it is so you know people need to take their role seriously you know people follow what they see especially young kids yeah, and I definitely, I love that you said your parents are your inspiration. I feel the same way about my family, too. Where'd your family come from? India. Oh, okay, good. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, your I love my came, parents. So your parents came from India here? You were born here? Yeah, I was born here. They came from New Delhi. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I love Indian food. I think I had, I had Indian food once. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. I went, to, I went to a place in Queen Street with somebody a while back. It was good. Yeah, and it, also I noted, like, you said your family's from Italy, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I've, I have a lot of friends who are from different parts of the world. Like, one of my best friends from Panama, one of my friends from Italy, and I noticed that there is this, like, of course I love Americans, but I noticed there's this, like, cultural values and, like, warmth. There's, like, a warm energy with anybody that I've had that I've been friends with from like somewhere else that they bring in. Like, I remember my friend from Italy, she came to my house a few times. She's like, Oh, let me like, let me do the dishes. Like, let me like wash my plate. Do the... And I don't really see people doing that kind of stuff. Not, there's no judgment. I'm just saying that like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like she was born here too. But like the values that were instilled in her by her parents, it clearly shows up. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why I, you know, I feel bad for kids that came from a broken home. Right. Um, you know, and I didn't go through any of that. I'm, you know, I'm sure we all know they didn't go through that, but I hear horror stories and I try to put, like I say, it goes back to what I said earlier. I try to put myself in their shoes of how it feels to be a 10 year old kid without having, without, you know, having an absent father, you know, or like a mom that's not there or like maybe they were adopted, like whatever it is, their situation, you just don't yeah. know. But I know that I'm very pre like, I'm very grateful for those, like for my parents, like you said, like they're your biggest heroes and yeah, not everybody has that. Well, 
it's about, you know, being taught responsibility at a young age. I started working for my family at 13. You know, a lot of my family came from Italy and they opened up a, you know, a business was a, a deli in Waterbury. And I started working there. Then they started a wholesale business and they became, uh, you know, one of the Northeast leading, you know, food distributors. I mean, Jay, I think you, you probably, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Because I worked for my cousins at uh, right. Napoli Food. Right. I started working at a young age, 13. And that's something you don't hear about anymore right now. And I'm still there. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, 30, I'm 32 years working for my family. And, you know, while everybody's partying, smoking dope, getting laid probably during high school, I was working. <laughs> you know, I, it's but you still have those values were instilled in you from that young age. And it's clearly carried over into your life, like throughout the years. Yeah. So it makes I, I bloomed later on in life, you know, like I didn't do the dating thing or anything. Like I met my first girlfriend, became my wife, but it wasn't uh, until um, the forties, my forties when I started actually living life. I don't think, and I know that society puts this pressure on us. Like, Oh, like you're in your twenties, you're not married. You don't have kids like, or like this or that, or like, Oh, you don't have this kind of job or like, Oh, you're like behind other people. People are having kids everyone's journey is their own. There's no like, you know, you're not in a race. <laughs> it's not a competition. It's your journey, your own lessons. You came here on this earth to, to learn your own lessons in life. And that might be different from the person next to you and that there's nothing wrong with that. It's no. not it's about like what other people are saying. Who the fuck cares what anybody else thinks? That's what I constantly tell myself. I'm like, well, who the fuck cares what anybody else thinks? Excuse my I language, but it's true. I was waiting for somebody to swear because I was holding my, you know, not using no potty mouth until you started. So, <laughs> woo, there's that. There, there, there. Well, but it's you, true. You mentioned really? the, the, the the making it, and you you commented on how like you didn't make it into WWE, and and that was, I mean, the goal when you were younger, and, and this and that. Yeah. But making it is you got to do what you're passionate about. I mean, that's like me right. saying I didn't get to make it to coach at the collegiate level or coach it at the pro level. I coached at high school and and like since the Whalers left I and mean, we've been following the Wolfpack, the baby Rangers. And and when we started, Ken Janander yeah. was playing for them and then he coached them. And I mean, people will mention these minor league athletes that never make it out of the minors and ah, oh, he sucks. He's never going to make it this and that. You know what? He's doing what he loves. And yeah, he didn't make it in the right. pros. And the, the coach at Immaculate High School in Danbury was in the Phillies organization. Now he's coaching a high school team. And I talked to him. I said, hey, did you ever make it? Yeah, I got called up. I have like 13 games in, in the majors. But did he ever make it as that long-term major league catcher? No, but he did what he loved, including at the high school level. He still followed his passion, followed his heart. So making it has to do with you doing what you love, not that your name's on that top of the list of – the, no. the wrestling almanac no um you know do it i you know think back I, I i always think about this and this is like what i say i don't regret my choices because i look back and i'm like okay could have i done it more could i put myself out there more could i've done more shows could have i started lifting weights could i've done you know steroids could i've quit my job and be a bomb yeah i could have because in order to really make it, it has to 100 percent consume you I wouldn't let me, I wouldn't let it, you know, um, cause I, you have to put your priorities. You got to know what's more important to you. What's important to you, fame or family. Right. But it's like black back to the future. 
if you change that path, go back to in the early, late 90s or early 2000s, you change that path, you could have gotten called up to the WWE and have Andre the Giant fall on you and there's your knee and now you're done and you last yeah. it all. So you never know. You, you might have, quote unquote, made it, but then your career could have been done in one match from a freak accident and, right. and then it's over. So you got to do yeah. what you loved for 20 years and that's, that's making it. In I, my- wish, I wish, um, I mean, uh, yeah, you got to, you know, like you said, I'll be celebrating 20 years and I feel that like a lot of the guys probably wouldn't have made it as far as me because a, I haven't gotten hurt. B I'm not as crazy and C I just, um, I don't know, stayed humble, I guess, you know, um, that's what it is. It's like, you just got to be humble. You got to be grateful for every opportunity that's handed to you because if you start getting, you know, an ego and that's when you're going down the wrong path. Once you start thinking you're better than the next person that doesn't go that way, it's not the way it's done, you know? So before we end this, I'd like to close this by asking you, what is a mantra that you live by daily in your life? Believe. Love that. So short, believe. simple, and like just, it's true, believe. That sums it up, There's, right? Nothing changes if you don't believe in it. You know, I mean, we all have our own struggles every day. There's things I struggle with every day, but I remind myself to believe. You know? Yeah. That's the bottom line, baby, because the sexy ones said so. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's quite powerful. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us, Mike. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. And uh, for Trudy and the sexy Trudy. beast, I'm Bull Dread and Mike Kalo, all wrapped in the one. And thanks for joining us on the show. This was awesome. You know, hope to do it again. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I hope I can hop on. Any, you know, a lot of other topics. Hopefully, I can add to. You know, yeah. should write a book. Have you written a book? People, my therapist. People have been telling me that, but it's not time. I, I don't know if it's not time yet. I mean, I have years of material. I got like 1,500 entries just on my phone because I write every day, and um, you know, it would it would be, you know, a book of inspirational quotes and just writings and it will happen one day. And it's your stories, make sure to share your stories. Cause that's what's yeah. really changed yeah. people's lives. I feel, I feel I have a good story to tell. Yes. And it's yep. important to tell it. You have a duty to share your story. You know, well, quickly, um, Jay, do you remember, I don't know if I had told you, but I've seen the post I put up a couple weeks ago about a kid coming up to me at the gym. I believe I saw I don't it. Know if you- all right. Well, I'll make it quick. How much time you have? Yeah, go ahead. All right. There's this kid I worked with. His name is Steve. He was at the gym and uh, he was there with a kid. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He introduced me to this kid. It's like, all right. A couple weeks goes by and it was uh, last, yeah, two weeks ago. It was the thanks, was it Thanksgiving week. No, I, I don't fucking remember now. That's the thing with age, short term memory. It was two weeks ago, and uh, he goes, hey, you're the guy, the wrestler, right? I go, yeah, hey. I go, do I know you? He goes, yeah, I'm uh, Felipe. I'm uh, Steve's friend. And I was like, Steve? Then it clicked who he was. He goes, yo, I just want to let you know that you're so cool. Like, it's so cool to know you. I mean, I'm like, why? Because you're doing what you wanted to do. It's like, you don't see that, you know? And I'm like, wow, okay, thank you. He goes, it's such an honor just to know you. I'm like, 
I'm like, listen, I'm just a regular jabroni like everybody else. I just followed my dream. And, and you know, it makes me feel good. You know, I was struggling with stuff. And I said to him, I'm like, you know what? Listen, you have a goal. You have a dream. Follow it. Don't let anybody get in your way because people are going to be like, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, you can. You know, you know I just wanted to share that story. That's the type yeah, that's of stuff so I get. That's so beautiful and inspiring and that you touch someone just by being you. Yeah. And so young. I mean, this generation, who's their leader? You know, who, who's, who's their leader? Super Mario, you know, or, or, you know, any game, you know, PS5, you know, that's their, that's who's leading this generation, you know? So be proud of who you are. Never change Definitely. who you are, you know? Oh. Yes. Th right? You know, it's much love to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Thank again. You Thank you, Jason. Bye, guys. Yeah. Bye, Judy. Bye. Hey, guys. Coach Jay here from the Power Shift Mindset Podcast, and I'd like to talk to you about my personal coaching page, BeamMotivation.com. For over 25 years, I've been coaching in one form or another and absolutely love it. It's definitely a passion of mine. I spent 15 years coaching high school soccer and baseball and absolutely loved those years of my life. I've since gone on to get certifications at a Level 3 USA Archery Coach, mental management and mental toughness certifications and I've taken what I've coached in the sports world and applied it to life. Taking those same mindsets and skills for life coaching, getting balance in your life. That same mindset that you might take to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning is what you're going to take into that board meeting, into that sales pitch and even in dealing with situations within your family. If you need any form of coaching, whether it be for your athletic endeavors or for just balance in your life, please check out beammotivation.com. You can also find me on Instagram at beammotivation as well as Facebook at beammotivation and coaching. Once again, this is Coach Jay from the Power Shift Mindset Podcast and beammotivation.com. Thanks for joining us today for the Power Shift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Power Shift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The Power Shift Mindset.